This is a podcast from Camden Community Radio. This is Marion Larragie talking with Fiona Swedborough. Hey, Fiona. Good morning. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> I'm talking to Fiona because she's involved in Camden Fringe. Well, Fiona, your show is called... The Adventures of a Trip Advisor Seaside Guest Housekeeper. That's a bit of a mouthful. Oh, no, yeah. Well, it, it sort of suits the character, really, because she's full of energy and life. So your show is just over an hour. Is it a one-person show? It's a one, Yeah, it's a one-person show. It's a one-woman show, which is me. I don't bring the other characters completely to life on stage, but I do try and characterise them through myself. So even though they're not there in realness, you kind of get an essence of what the other characters' lives are about and, and what their characteristics are. So I don't want to spoil too much the fun for people who are going to go and see it, although we'll come back and talk about your actual show a little bit later. Oh, is this the first time you've done something for the Camden Fringe? Um, yeah, it's the, it's the first time I've been involved. At the start of the year, I thought to myself, I was going to write a list of things I was going to get done this year. I put on the list I was going to write things because I love to write as well, but I put them in lots of drawers around my little office at home and I never get them out again. I thought this time on my list I'm going to make myself do these things that are on the list and one of them was to to come and do a play. Because I've been an actress or been involved in theatre one way or the other most of my life in very small simple ways and I love it it's my passion I could never kind of be without finding a stage somewhere I thought to myself if no one wants to employ me I'm getting older now to hell with it I'm just going to employ myself one way or the other I'm going to find me a stage somewhere in the UK and do some performance so it was quite nerve-wracking and it's still quite nerve-wracking I'm sure it will be quite nerve-wracking but you're determined yeah I'd say you are because a lot of people who come to Camden Fringe and who come and chat with us speak no harm to anybody but they speak with very nice middle-class accents and yours isn't quite and (laughs) you've been telling me that you grew up quite close to where we are yeah, well, yeah, I, I, um, I was, I, I'm, I really am a kind of a bit of a mixture of everything and a little bit of a nomad. But I was born in Guildford in Surrey, and I grew up there on a, a council estate called Belfield, which for me was great. But it was tough, and I left there literally at fifteen because I want, went off to, to do summer season rep. And um, I wasn't quite 16 because my birthday's in August and we'd finished school and I got an opportunity to audition for something. And I loved, you know, I thought I'm going to go and do this. And I went to the East End and I auditioned and I got the job and I went off to do a summer season. And I, I actually never went back to Guildford. And I ended up living in all parts of North and East London. So I know North London and I love North London, love, love, love North London. I miss it a lot. So you went straight from being in Civvy Street into acting really did, did you get access to any training or I always wanted to be in theatre and an actress I never knew at the start where my passion came from where it come from it just did none of my family were involved in theatre um, they were really poor because I was adopted my mum and dad were much older I used to think that the people that were actors lived in the back of the telly I could never work it out but I wanted to be in the back of the telly of course I didn't understand but but what I did do I, I had a Saturday job and I'd done a paper round I used to save up my money and I found a teacher that taught drama and she was a wonderful lady called June Cooper so I went there and I'd done my bronze silver and gold lambda exams I got honours and I'd done the Surrey Drama Festival and I got award for best play and best actress in a little play called In Need of Care and um, it was just completely m- m- my passion I-, I loved it so much as an actor you've got to be flexible and if you go for an audition you know it can be things that that um 
you wouldn't necessarily think close to you but I do think um, I do think lots of the times we look inside ourselves to find elements in characters or there's something you can associate somewhere you know down the line um, I haven't really done a great amount of work you know in many ways for, for lots of years little bits here little bits there um, last year I'd done a, um, a play in Lisbon um, which was about um, a, a Lisbon poet and writer called Fernando Pessoa so it was really far removed for me and I played um, you know a, a very old lady that actually um, run the boarding house that Fernando Pessoa lived in for many years fascinating man kind of like our sort of English Shakespeare you know absolutely fascinating and I think there's a film in his life got singing in my show as well I, I don't call myself a singer but I love singing and my singing teacher for many years actually only lives down the road and her, she's a wonderful teacher her name's Mary Hammond and she's actually the uh, musical theatre head of the musical theatre course at the Royal Academy of Music and um, I used to go to Mary down the road on Camden Road and I used to go to the to centre in Covent Garden and do loads of workshops, loads of classes, and I and that's how I originally met Mary and used to do sing lessons with her. Did you write anything before this play? I've written quite a lot of things before I decided to actually put on this play. The, the other play um, I was writing was called um, Lana McGee and Me, and it's about um, about basically two Irish girls. And that I took the inspiration from from a lady called. Christina Noble, that's it. That's yes, it. yes. And I, I read her books. I watched her. Um, I looked at her DVD. Now, Christina Noble, she was homeless as a child. She went through lots of different stages, but she didn't start out homeless. But she did become homeless. Yeah, and um, and she she grew up in Dublin, and she developed she, a huge empathy for homeless children all over the world. Yeah, exactly. And now she's got lots of homes and everything. But I I was fascinated by her years ago when I saw a documentary about her, and then I refound out about her again. And I actually wrote a play that was kind of inspired by her called Lana McGee and Me. And that was their story. But I actually put that in the drawer for now because it involves four actors. Because I this is my first time of doing something like this, I'm going to go back to a show that I wrote before in Portugal, um, which was actually based in um, Villa Mora in the Algarve. I knew the character really well and I thought I'm going to bring it back to a one-woman play and then it's only me on this journey. If I fail, (laughs) I've got no one else to blame. It's just me. So even though I discovered doing a one-woman show is quite a lonely journey because sometimes you want to stop and say to someone do you think I'm doing this right can you give me some guidance but there's only you and normally there's only say you there's only me and the living room and the cushions (laughs) I spend like nearly every day like talking to myself and the cushions and the window and the door you mentioned Lana as another Irish lady. So yeah. I was adopted. My biological yeah. mother came over. I was born in 1963, so it was a really tough time to buck the trend and go, hey, I've got a baby, everyone. Yes, <laughs> yeah. lo- 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 lots of women in Ireland who were pregnant outside of marriage yeah. at that stage, which I take it she was, yeah. um, either took the boat to England yeah. or worse, you know, yeah. ended up in Magdalene laundries yeah. or mother and baby homes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So she came to England. She came to England and she left me with the child church and she said I'll be back but unfortunately she didn't come back and um, so the people who eventually adopted me they were were foster parents and so they said okay you know we're going to foster her and you know maybe till you know her mum comes back but they kept me for two years and they went to court to eventually adopt me but they were quite old at the time and, and also adoption was really tough back in the day 
So, yes, so they eventually adopted me and um, that's how I, I grew up in Guildford till I was 15. It was quite hard for me actually growing up because all my friends had younger parents, you know, and... Um, my parents were a lot older and it was it was quite tough because they didn't do things that other parents done and things like that and we didn't have a lot of money we were actually really poor so um i didn't miss out because i i made my own you know like you say i think sometimes when you're not given everything it makes you do things for yourself for sure that is true um yeah maybe so, maybe so you're you right in a way that you were adopted yeah my mom she always told me that i was adopted and I think because she, I also saw her grow as I was growing up, she fostered other children as well. That it was an it was an easy thing to understand for me. It wasn't you know it wasn't tough. That wasn't tough at all. Yeah. No. And then did you know about the Irish connection? Well, roll on quite a few years later, and I, I went to Somerset House, and um, my dad had died when I was quite young, and my mum was already quite old, and I didn't want to do anything to upset her or disturb her. But I took my my um, birth certificate, and I went to Somerset House, and I. I found my real mum's name and then again I, I left it a little while but I think it was after my mum died let's see if I could find out a bit about my real mum so I put an advert in the, uh, the Irish Post just saying interested to find this lady it was her sister who lived in Manchester contacted her and said oh um, you know this is someone trying to put your name in the papers looking for you and she knew straight away it was me so um, we eventually you know got together and she was lovely 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 I couldn't because I'd spent most of my life quite independently really um, I couldn't relate to her as mum even though I called her mum because it, it was nice for her but she was a lovely lady and we had a great connection so that was really nice but I have to say <laughs> she never told me anything about my dad until one night she spilled the beans so after you know a few gin and tonics or whatever it was and she started telling me all about my dad it was the early days of google in the internet she said to me your my dad was a singer and an entertainer who went from limerick back in the early days he got on got on a boat and he went to um america and he wanted to be a singer and entertainer and he ended up going to hollywood and he worked with you know people like debbie reynolds and some of the hollywood greats of their time and i've got youtube footage of him uh, with um uh, Groucho Marx and he basically fulfilled his ambition as a singer and entertainer and when she actually told me that I went ah that answers the question that's where it comes from in me so it, it was it was a it really was a light bulb moment I went oh that's why I've driven myself crazy all these years to do theatre and performance you know when sometimes it, it, it it's quite tough so I left it for a few years, but my curiosity was always ticking away, ticking away. He was a very flamboyant man, and there was pictures of him with President Carter at the time and all that. And so I sent a letter in those days. You didn't do emails. It was a hand letter to his um, golf club in Ireland. And I just said that I, I was on one of the cruise ships and I was a fan from back in the day, whenever. And he sent back some pictures of him and his family and his wife saying, here's to the memories. And I just thought, oh, my God, I can see pictures of my dad and pictures of his family pictures of what was then still his teenage relatively young sons and I just thought that was a privilege so I left it again for a little while and then when I started doing further research I actually found out that I'd got half sisters in America in Canada a half brother <laughs> so he, he really was quite flamboyant <laughs> he did he did um you know yeah he did have a, a, a I suppose almost a, 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 woman, in a woman in every port yeah I'd joined um, an acting agency in London which was 
a co-op, which means every week you have to go in and do a few hours' work because you help each other, you know, with auditions, etc. I joined a lovely agency called Rosebury Management and I went in on my Friday afternoon and um, with the guy that was helping me, he said to me, he started asking me, tell me a bit more about yourself because I just joined the agency. So I told him where my love of passionate theatre come from. So he Googled my dad and it turned out only a few months earlier he died. And he kind of went, oh, I'm really sorry. I went, look, it, it's OK, it's fine because I never made a choice to actually pursue him. And I'd felt like I'd been given great amounts of knowledge about him. But that same week or weekend on YouTube, I just I found a clip about him on YouTube. And I said, oh, you know, this is from memory of my dad. But I didn't realise because I'm stupid and not great with, you know, technical things. I put the clip and it was on my daughter's like Facebook thing and so my daughter even now is only just 21 so then she was about 18 all of a sudden someone popped up his son and went hold on a minute he had a he had a daughter that's 18 where, where did that come from he was shocked and I went oh no 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 I think you must be my brother so after that we all got together and it all opened up even though he died it had opened up all the relationships and now we all get on really well so right. so there's you know, there's there's about six or seven of us all together now that are halves and halves and halves and halves in your show then it's all inspired by the life that you've had it's not inspired by the life that I had but I think when I saw what a wonderful man my dad was and and I went oh that's where it comes from and that he was a singer and an entertainer and he'd done the cruise ships he'd done Hollywood he'd had his own talk show and things like that and I'd seen him on YouTube I thought I'm going to kind of pay a little homage to my dad because there's something wonderful about having nothing but putting words on paper and then these characters come at you and they start to live a life of you. I just thought I'm going to put them out there because the worst and the best and the in-between entertainers, that's all they do and the singers, they put out there. And I just thought, well, I'm nearly, I, I'm nearly 56 now this year and life goes by so much faster as you get older. If you don't do it, you never know. And so that was kind of my inspiration for this year. And the character... Barbara Mountbatten, actually, I suppose she has a big journey in the story because she believes that she was one of the people of Castum of the Vanuatu Islands, which is an island off of New Zealand. And um, she has a journey where she ends up in Villamora in Portugal. So I do have a relationship with Portugal because I spend a lot of the time on the Silver Coast, which is an hour up from Lisbon, where where um, Villamora is about two hours down from Lisbon. So they're totally different. There are inspirations. It's a creation. And whoever comes to see your show goes on a journey with you. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. It's it's, a, it's quite a manic journey because um, Barbara Mountbatten is one of those people. She's all doing, all seeing, all thinking, and she gets involved in everything and she creates lots of things. But there is a twist at the end. So even though in the story she really travels a lot, she's actually not travelled anywhere at all. So give us the details again. The show is called... Adventures of a TripAdvisor Seaside Guest Housekeeper. One woman show written and performed by me, Fiona Spreadborough. And it's on at the Water Rats Pub in King's Cross. 
and it's going to be on Sunday the 18th of August at 9pm. There's about It's about a 60-seater venue and I would love to fill it and um, have lots of people come along and come on the journey with me. And tickets are £5. £5, so it's a good price. I, I didn't want to keep... The, I didn't want to put my price up. I wanted to keep it at the, the minimum cost because um, I want it to be accessible to as many people as possible. Great. So thank you very much, Fiona. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank Good you. luck with the show. Thank you. You are listening to a podcast from Camden Community Radio. www.ccradio.org. Thank you.